All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. It's a new week on Daily Faceoff Live. Welcome into a Monday 6th edition of the show, as always presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I'm Tali Remchuk, and he is our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli. How are you doing? I am good. Uh, busy morning already in the NHL. Some news that uh, Yaroslav Halak is joining the Carolina Hurricanes on a PTO for practice as their goaltending has struggled. Uh, so you've got the goaltending rankings. You've got the Oilers at the very bottom, then the Canes. And somehow both those teams ahead in save percentage than the Sharks. Unbelievable. That is, ac- that is actually stunning. I didn't even know that. Um, as you can tell, I'm not in my usual setup. I landed in Vancouver about 30 minutes ago. So I'm doing this from what you thought was maybe a jail. It is not a jail, Frank. It it's just like a jail. random wall. Just yeah. a random wall. Uh, all right, let's dig in. It was a busy weekend around the NHL in terms of headlines and uh, a lot of frustration, especially in Canada. So let's start there, specifically in Ottawa, Frank, where Brady Kachuk had had enough after the Senators were booed during their loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Here's what Brady had to say. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, it's whenever you don't win, it's it's frustrating. And um, it's frustrating the, the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and, and the, uh, kind of from the crowd too tonight was, um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand I love it, but... Um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't you don't turn your back on uh, the the guys out there. I mean, we're, we're playing hard. Um, I know it's frustrating right now, but it's not like we're we're giving up out there. We're fighting to the very end. So, um, to be honest with you, it's um, 
I was, I was very frustrated tonight. Frank, are you going pass or fail on Brady Kachuk calling out Sens fans for their BS? I'm going to say fail. Uh, look, I love Brady Kachuk. I love his fight. I love that he, you know, he doesn't take a shift off, but here's the thing. Um, you don't want negativity surrounding your team. You don't want this constant conversation. You don't want the booze play better win. This is how many years in a row now that we've seen the same kind of start for the Ottawa senators, where it feels like their season is swirling down the drain before we've even gotten to us Thanksgiving last place in the Atlantic division. And yeah, it might not be for lack of compete. And I think there are a lot of things that are out of Brady Kachuk and even DJ Smith's hands when it comes to a Shane Pinto suspension or the injuries that have piled up to this point. But those are really just excuses. And you look at this injury board. Yeah, it's significant. But last time I checked, the Florida Panthers are missing their top two defensemen. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning? No Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, you don't see them crying in their soup. So when you look at this start and and how far behind the Sens are than some other teams, are they out of it? No, not yet. But they're in a spot where they've got to begin to put things together. And it feels like all we keep doing is banging our head against the wall with the Sens, who I believe, and I think you do, and so many others collectively are way better than what they've shown. And yet they can't find a way to get the job done. So it kind of becomes a chicken and the egg thing. Like, you know, is it the, the wins that will produce the positivity or is it the positivity that will produce the wins? I don't know. I don't see any sort of Trey Turner, like Philadelphia fan turnaround coming here. The players on the team, it's up to them to come up with the results. The concerning part for me is they're losing games in all sorts of fashions, Frank. They're losing high-scoring games, low-scoring games. There's games where they look like an American League team and games where they're competing and they're right there and you go, oh, they just got unlucky. It's not like there's one issue that once they resolve that, it'll all be magically fixed. For me, we've done this. You mentioned banging our heads against the wall a little bit with the Senators conversation. Let's get moving on the DJ Smith thing. He's got to be the first coach to go this year. He's well past his expiration date. This is the same issues year after year after year. How has no one paid the price yet? I, I agree with you. And I think part of what ownership might have been feeling is, yeah, there's this player group that really seems to like their coach. And B, I don't think they wanted to come in and appear as henchmen, as in, hey, we were just waiting for the first sign of, uh, a bump in the road to gas Pierre Dorian and then to also fire DJ Smith. I think in a perfect world, they wanted to give both of these guys enough runway to show that they can be competent in their roles. And as we saw with the dismissal of Pierre Dorian last week and what kind of should be coming, like we did a, a, um, a roundtable question on dailyfaceoff.com on Saturday morning of, is it time for DJ Smith to go? And I think we have six guys on our panel and all six agreed and all made various compelling points, none of which were the same, which was kind of wild enough to hear it all explained. It feels like this is the same movie over again for the Sens. And it feels like even just at times for the sake of change, you need different vibes. You need a different voice. You need different something after 301 NHL games. He is not the only Canadian coach on the hot seat after the Oilers delivered another miserable performance on Saturday against the Nashville Predators. There were questions about Jay Woodcroft's future behind the bench in Edmonton. Like I said, I'm in Vancouver tonight for the Oilers-Canucks matchup. Jay Woodcroft expected to be coaching in that game, Frank. But how short is this leash getting? 
I think it's getting shorter by the day. I think you see an effort like uh, Saturday against the Preds, and that really raises some red flags. I think there were a few other ones that had raised some red flags earlier this season. And it's really tough because we just talked briefly off the top about how atrocious the Oilers goaltending has been to this point. And you say, well, you know, Jay Woodcroft certainly wouldn't be the first coach ever to pay a significant price for a goaltending tandem that's hit a rut. But when I look at this team, it feels like to me a lot more than just the goaltending. Yeah, there's been a few nights where I think they've been unlucky. And I think there's a few stats that you could point to, especially their five on five play and maybe some expected goals where you say, this is a team that probably, you know, should have better results right now than they do. But the longer this drags on, they're at 10 games played. And I know Connor McDavid referenced the idea that they started seven and three last year. And after 20 games, we're still just 10 and 10. Can they get to that point where they're 10 and 10? Um, yeah, I, I think they could. And they could find themselves squarely back in the mix. But to borrow a phrase from Yogi Berra, it's getting late early here. The Oilers have exactly 10 games to figure this out, no more than that, before it becomes a mathematical equation that they won't be able to solve for in the final 62 games of the year. It's crunch time, it's go time, and it begins with some teams that they're looking up at in the standings in the Pacific and chasing when you've got uh, Vancouver, Seattle, San Jose, other teams, uh, you know, that they're, they need to pile up points against because all of a sudden you look up and it's 14 points or 16 points down to the Canucks. And that's a team that a lot of people saw as a wild card team to start. So there's a lot of work to do. And, and I think that seat is only getting hotter and hotter. Yeah, totally understandable. This road trip feels like it's make or break time potentially for Woodcroft and Edmonton. And not that I necessarily agree with it at all. I've been a voice over the last week, I suppose, as this team continued to struggle. That said, listen, this core group of players got McClellan and they got Hitchcock and they got Tippett. And now they get Woodcroft as well. At some point here in Edmonton, those four names I gave you, Frank, they're all kind of in different spots on the old school to new school coaching thing. At some point, I think it's not just the coach all the time in Edmonton. At some point, I think you got to look at this core. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I don't have an answer for, I don't think it's necessarily totally on the stars. Like, I think they've been fine. They haven't been unbelievable or otherworldly. But all the other times that they are out of this world and the rest of the group seems to be lagging behind, you know, it all kind of evens out. And there's still an eye test thing with this team, whether it's compete one night or the stars not having the juice that they normally have. I don't know why that is this year. There's no, you know, crazy McDavid flashes or, you know, incredible stuff from Leon Dreisaitl consistently enough that kind of makes you feel like, you know, it gives you hope saying, Hey, this team is, you know, one game away from, you know, just absolutely bludgeoning their opponents and winning five, four in spite of their goaltending. They haven't had that same juice this year that has made it really head scratching. Yeah, uh, the only reason the Oilers, as you saw on the board, are seventh in the Pacific and not eighth is because it is literally impossible to be worse than the San Jose Sharks, Frank. They look bad in the standings page. They look bad on the stat sheet. They look bad on the ice. They look bad walking into the arena, Frank. It is just miserable from start to finish for this Sharks team. They are the first NHL team since 1965 to allow 10 goals in back-to-back -back games I don't know what you do here. Like, 
I know this wasn't necessarily in quotes by design, but they are a rebuilding team. They clearly want to get some good picks, but how can you go through 82 games of this? It's just, it's mind blowing how a group of professional hockey players can be getting beaten this bad, this consistently. It really speaks to a lack of care, a lack of compete. I mean, that's what stands out to me. You know, you want to give up 10 one night. I, I mean, I guess sometimes those games happen even to some of the best teams. You see an eight spot or a nine spot on the board, but two games in a row. I mean, you might as well not even show up to the rink. Just call yourself the San Jose Barracuda because they've looked like a minor league team and perhaps at times even less than that. And I think maybe the toughest part for the Sharks is not just the lack of pride that they've had in their game. And it's kind of amazing to think that as they've gotten blown out these last two games, their uh, goals per game total has actually risen because they had three in their last two. Um, you know, there there's not really much to look forward to. There's no sort of burgeoning prospect group. There's no stockpile of draft picks like, you know, the Arizona Coyotes, it feels like they've had 48 picks in the last two years. There's nothing that you can look at and say, man, this gets us really excited. And I think maybe even the tougher part about that is, let's say like you wanted to make some significant changes. Logan Couture has been out to start this year and Tomas Hurdle, he's been playing, but I don't even know if you notice him. Both those guys have $8 million plus cap hits. Guess what? Even if the Sharks want to trade one of those guys or they determine that one of them wants out, only one of them's only ever going to find their way out because they have two retained salary transactions already chewed up in Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. You only get three. That means you can only retain on one more guy. No one's taking these guys at full boat. How are you possibly going to change out this roster? Mark Edward Vlasic, 18 years in San Jose. These guys should have been buyout candidates. There should have been something else happening here to try and spur this along. I know part of this was by design, but just tell me what the cohesive plan is for the San Jose Sharks, and I'll nod, but we don't know what that is yet. I know there were some people saying, you know, David Quinn, if you can't motivate your players, what are you doing? I mean, come on. We're not doing the coaching thing here with a team that's giving up 10 goals a game. Like, let's be real. I mean, at some point, though, if you can't have your team surrender fewer than 10 goals in a game, like, there's something but on on you as well. I mean, Frank, there's also the part of it that like the NHL really more than any other sports league is supposed to be one where any team can beat anyone. And if you go out there and grind and get pucks deep and do all those cliche things, you should be able to survive in the league. Like a team with no head coach should be able to avoid giving up 10 goals against. Yeah, I mean, just game. get get Reg Dunlop in there, a little player coach yeah. action. I mean, honestly, what else do you do? I don't know. Um, let's move from one end of the spectrum to the exact other. The Vegas Golden Knights, I am putting the stamp on them, Frank. They are an absolute certified wagon. Uh, this team goes out and just absolutely toys with the Colorado Avalanche in a matchup that was supposed to be this great head-to-head. Ooh, who's going to be the best hard-fought game? Now Vegas just rolls them. I am now convinced the only thing that will derail this Golden Knights team is injury. Okay. You did see they lost to the Ducks on Sunday night, right? Their first regulation even, loss of the year. Don't even Doesn't care. Matter. You're 11 and one. I don't care. When you smoke the abs like that, you're allowed to go party on the strip and have an off night on Sunday. Don't care. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kidding. Um, the Golden Knights have been insanely impressive. And I thought really the, the abs were too to start this year. Um, when you consider sort of the chip on their shoulder that they entered the year with, um, yeah. Losing that game to the Golden Knights hurts. 
um, especially in the touchdown fashion in which it was the final result. But I think the one thing that really stands out to me, and maybe this is just something to watch moving forward, maybe it's nothing. It kind of just feels like the Golden Knights have the Avs number. I mean, think back to the Avs in 2022. They go on and win the cup. They don't have any sort of Golden Knights team standing in their way. You play whatever the slate and the bracket brings you. But going back to prior years, it kind of feels like the Avs just don't line up positively against the Golden Knights. And that's something that they're going to have to keep in the back of their mind as it kind of feels like these two teams are on a collision collision course for the Western Conference Final. It absolutely does. It's hard to look in the West and see two teams that are even close to that. But uh, Vegas absolutely humming along right now. Yes, they did lose to the Ducks. We'll talk about them a little bit later on as well. But let's stick with the struggling or go back to the struggling a little bit and get to our big segment this week or today. It's the Coach's Room with John Goins. The Coach's Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25 with restaurants, groceries, pharmacies, bakeries, flower shops, and more. DoorDash really has everything you need this holiday season. Dash that for the win. Always a pleasure to welcome John Goins back into the program. You can find him on Twitter at Gourmet underscore Hockey. And John, we want to dig in today to a team that is struggling in the West. Granted, not as much as maybe the Sharks or the Oilers, but the Minnesota Wild have not gone off to the start that they were hoping for this season. And the area I maybe want to start with before we dig into some other parts is specifically possession in the Ozone. What can you tell us about that? Well, I think in general, we hear all the time, ozone possession. Isn't it fabulous? Look at them weave around the zone, weave around the zone. But if possession is your goal, you could stay on the outside and collect popcorn on your shoulder because you're so you're playing so far on the perimeter that it's not getting you to the interior, right? And the reality is ozone possession should be a means to an end. you got to get to the inside. And there was one particular clip that just happened to be late in uh, preseason, Toronto versus Montreal, which I thought was the perfect clip to show about ozone possession and what it means to quality opportunities. You need quick strikes. You need to uh, recover pucks, and then you need to repeat. And when in doubt, possess the puck but then you got to reload those opportunities. So as we fire up this one clip, you're going to see six shot attempts, two scoring chances, and six loose puck recoveries all by Toronto, all under 60 seconds. And it's you're wearing teams down, but it's what you do. And this is already 11 seconds in. It's their second shot opportunity. 13 and a half seconds in, it's already their second loose puck recovery. And you could see it's the movement of all five players and their ability to, you know, get to the slot, get to the inner slot, D's rolling down and creating these mismatches, which now the pundits get on Twitter and go, well, they should have played a zone defense or they should have played this or they should have played that. But at the end of the day, when a team is continuously having a, a mentality of how do we quick, uh, create a quick strike? but also be in a position to recover pucks as quickly as possible the way they did in this sequence, that's when you truly wear a team down to create the eventual goal that we're going to see in about 
eight seconds from now. And Toronto just does a phenomenal job of moving the puck, recovering the puck, and then eventually hammering it into the back of the net. Yeah, it's interesting. Pretty relentless and 59 seconds of pure sort of desperation that what's most fascinating about that is that you mentioned it was in the preseason, not typically the type of effort that you get from teams. So um, always interested to see how that ozone possession uh, really comes in handy. But as mentioned off the top, we we did want to talk about the Minnesota Wild and the spot that they're in. Three wins in their first 10 games, uh, last 10 games, I should say, which is certainly disappointing for many. Um, but I wanted to have you our power play guru. I wanted to have you hone in on their PP. Uh, last year was clipping along at 21 and some percent, 15th in the league. And this year it's down um, by a third and it's at 14.3%. When you look at that, is that a blip in the early going of the season or is that a personnel issue that they've been experiencing in many? Well, I think before we uh, before we fire up any type of video and if Gavin can shoot up the uh, any graphics right now, we're going to we're going to realize that some of the underlying numbers are saying that slot attempts they're 15th, shots on net from the slot all on the power play, they're 12th, passes to the slot they're 16th. Entry success, 22nd. Their ozone face-off winning percentage is 14th. And their possession time is 13th. So they're right basically in the middle of the pack. I think it's a blip because we're going to see some clips before we, we fire it up. And you look at some of their numbers at 5-on-5 five five and here on the power play and on the PK, you're going to see more of the power play, I think, is a blip. Right now they're rolling five forwards. Why? Because their number one D that puts up any type of points on the power play is Kalen Addison, who had 18 power play assists last year. Who is, if you were going to really think about it, who is the elite power play QB that the Minnesota Wild had? They thought it was Klimberg last year. He had four, four power play points in 17 games played. So let's fire up the video, and we're going to see that I think it's a blip because they're getting to the goal mouth, and it's just, there. it's like a fraction of an inch off from breaking free but when they do this and roll four high they're not giving themselves a chance so the first few clips you're going to see these forced shots that don't have them in a position to recover pucks or outnumber the opponents at the net and so here this, this is what you were talking about with um you know being in a spot just playing on the perimeter yeah exactly and here they do a good job of getting to the slot but it's kind of a a whiffed puck and look you know, Boldy ends up behind the net. So they're not going to win that battle. So you're looking at too, too many opportunities to force, but now there's a little bit of patience and now they're three at the net. So you're talking like it's not far off. Here they're moving the puck. They're not getting four guys above the top of circle. Kaprasov's really good on downhill and he gets that shot inside and then boom, they're finishing three at the net again. It's going to be a little bit of a unsexy type of play I think that's going to get them out of this funk because when they do get their numbers and they create these seam passes I mean these are elite scoring chances with great seam passes and we're going to see these last two clips with actual goals you're going to see that when they get numbers at the net they do better and here they're going to have a downhill with a double screen no chance for New Jersey to see that here they win a face off they're middle of the pack Boom, they get, boom, three at the net, right? Someone's got to respect Eck, and they got to respect Boldy on the other post. So I think it's a blip right now. Not quite the same for their penalty killing. 
Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question is we just saw the board a couple of seconds ago. Last season, they're 10th best in the NHL. This season so far, they're sitting at 64.7%. What are some areas that have specifically led to this dreadful start? Yeah, and again, uh, all the clips are going to show exactly some of the underlying numbers that I was able to dive into. They are 30th in the league for slot shots against uh, attempts, excuse me, and shots on net, they're 29th. Passes to the slot against, they're 26th. Entry denial rate is 29. Their D zone faceoff percentage is an abysmal 22% on the PK. So that's 32nd. That, to bring into perspective, that's 20% off of what 16th place is, and that is 32% off of what first place is, which is the Montreal Canadiens. So it's astronomically low, and it ties into the fact that they're 27th in, in uh, D-zone zone time on the PK. So we fire this up. We're going to see where the holes are. They get stretched out, a lot of seam passes, and a lot of loss face-offs that lead to quick strikes or, or goals against. So what does that come down to? Just bearing down and winning a draw to kick things off and give yourself a chance to ice the puck? Yeah, and the thing is, is with face-offs, it's, it's, it's a plan. It's a four-man plan, right? Are you going to do three up? You're going to block. You need guys to block. You need your flank guys to help and jump in and, and recover or at least create some 50-50s. If they, but if you're getting beat cleanly at 22%, very rarely do we ever see a number that low in the league on the PK. So is this fixable, the PK? It's, it's fixable because the thing is, is, let's call it the way it is a lot of their personnel is the same as last year and their PK was so much better. So I think it's going back to what their standards were and what their measuring stick was for their PK schemes. These are the situations like here, you're going to see they're in tight, but they're three up and they're leaving these easy D zone face off uh, D zone two on ones. And they're so susceptible to seam passes. So these are very fixable areas, but again, these are like, there's no reason for TJ Oshie to get such a legit quality chance when so tight. Here, watch Brodeen here. He's got his butt facing the Honda sign, which he should have his hips opened up to his uh, the offensive player. And again, instead of fronting, now this means the D's got to go and flex out. So you have two guys trying to flex out against one puck possession. What happens? Flyers three guys at the net. So it's, 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 the personnel's there. What changed so dramatically? I think they might have tinkered with something that they didn't need to in the first place. So if you're looking at the wild and you're sending a message to their fan base, you're saying, just hang on a bit. This should even out for both the PP and the PK. I think the PP, we should see the improvement a lot sooner. I think the PK, they have to kind of go back to the board and say, we've been better. Maybe let's revisit the uh, previous structure to our pk and move forward from there fascinating stuff as always you can find john goins on twitter at gourmet underscore hockey you can hear him on tsn 690 as a part of the canadians and rocket broadcast as well always appreciate you hopping on the show john thanks guys mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's move along to our daily face-off inbox question and just taking a look at what's going on over in the YouTube chat, which is rocking today. Uh, Jeremiah says, Minnesota clearly misses Ryan Reeves with a little laughing emoji at the end there. Let's tie that into an inbox question about the Leafs, Frank. Um, There is, as always, some drama with the Leafs. They're not standing up for each other, all this stuff. Scale of 1 to 10, how concerned should Leafs fans really be? Probably a five and a half. Really? I was going to say a six, but look, this has been one of the better regular season teams over the last few years. I think the one thing that really, you know, almost everything is fine. There's nothing that's like you're looking at in the Leafs game that you're going, oh, that's really problematic. You know, Austin Matthews, another hat trick. Um, I think the thing that I don't like is that Sheldon Keefe basically had to call this team out on Friday. I mean, that should be, I talk all the time about killer instinct, need killers. And Brennan Shanahan acknowledged it a couple years ago. You need killers. The key part of that is not the kill part. It's the instinct. And it's just that either it's instinctual or it's not. And that's kind of the one thing. Tyler Bertuzzi's laughing on the bench. John Tavares is looking at his skates. The body language, like it's it's like almost everyone's looking over their shoulder saying like, who's going to be the guy to step up? And it should just be someone hopping in right away to do it that they're missing the instinct part. I'm going to go lower than you. I'm going to say like a two. This just feels like a good team in a big market that, you know, they need some sort of story early in the season. I'm just not buying it, Frank. I think they're going to be fine. I think they'll click in together at some point later in the year. I'm not worried. Okay. And that's fine. I'd, I'd say you're fine to not worry. I just say part of the difference is that I think the reason why they've lost in the last few playoffs isn't because they're not talented enough or don't have a good enough team. Sure. It's just that they don't have the killer instinct. 
Fair enough. Uh, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets. The game starts now at Botano.ca. I got a couple of plays for a Monday night in the NHL. And one shot prop that I love, even though the payout is not amazing, Frank, it is Boone Jenner's shot prop. He has been crushing this thing as of late. It's set at two and a half. I'll take you through kind of his last seven, eight games here. Eight, three, eight, four, four. Missed it once with two, but then bounced back against Washington and popped home five. I love the Boone Jenner shot prop at minus 60, minus 161. Again, not a great payout, but I think he's in another good spot here tonight. And one total I like is the over between Tampa Bay and Toronto. It's set at six and a half. Both these teams absolutely cruised past the over in their games on Saturday night. And I think in this head-to-head, we should see a lot of goals once again. Leafs should be able to slip a few past Jonas Johansson. Toronto's goaltending hasn't been the most consistent. Lots of goals between the Bolts and Leafs. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on board. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? All right, let's wrap up the show with our garbage time segment for the day. It's brought to you by Wendy's and the all-new barbecue bacon cheeseburger. You can get it now at Wendy's. You can also head to Daily Faceoff and play our new Survivor game, which we teamed up with Wendy's to bring you. And Frank, it's a new week. So even if you were eliminated in last week's, like I was after day two, you can restart tonight. There is one lock on this board, and I believe it's Connor McDavid to get a goal. Although, I also don't hate that David Pasternak one. I took Elias Pettersson uh, over uh, over a half a point. So get one point. Uh, he's been cooking. And hey, join in the game this week. If you don't play Monday, you can't play for the rest of the week. So you got to get in at the beginning. So uh, go on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com and log yourself in and uh, get playing for some cheeseburgers. You know, and $5,000 cash. $5,000 cash at the end of the year. Now that I'm thinking about it and doing a little bit of quick research, David Pasternak has gotten at least three shots on goal in 10 of 11 games. I might be changing my pick from, from McDavid to Pasta here tonight, especially because I see the percentage is a little bit lower. Work smarter, not harder. Uh, what do you got for garbage time today, Frank? I was going to say, that is your your MO. And then you look at uh, Pedersen so far. Out of the 11 games that he's played, he has a point, at least one in nine of them. So nine out of an 11 chance, I'll I'll take my chances. Uh, wanted to give a little love to the Anaheim Ducks. I've, for whatever reason, gained a, a reputation on social media and Ducks fans have been all over me on Twitter uh, for saying that I'm a Duck hater. I dude, I don't discriminate. I hate everyone equally. Um, so there's certainly no hate on my part. The start to this season has not only been impressive, but surprising. And there's been so many different intriguing points to look at. And I think what stands out to me, yeah, you can point to a bunch of, really impressive individual performances, whether it's the hat tricks from Vertano or uh, the three game winners from uh, Mason McTavish in the last seven games and how well he's played, or even some of the bright young players on their blue line, even guys that haven't been putting up a ton of points in a Jackson Lacombe, for instance, and how impressive he's been or Min Yudkoff and the job he's done. There's so much to look forward to, but what I like about this Ducks team as they knocked off the Golden Knights on Sunday to hand them their first regulation loss of the year is the compete, the heart, the comebacks, the third period comebacks. This is a team that kind of just rolled over the last couple years and has now looked better and better. Greg Cronin is instilling something in this team, uh, a work ethic that I think is really impressive. And so that part, you can definitely hang your hat on and continue to build brick after brick with that for the Ducks. Love what we're getting from the Anaheim Ducks this year and love what we got from you today on the show, Frank, as hell of a shot says in the YouTube chat, we're only here 
for Frank and also for John Goins. He was exceptional today as well. So was Gavin, our producer, and Pat Puff on the graphics. A lot of people, record day in the YouTube on Daily Faceoff. So if you haven't yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a like as well. That's going to be a wrap on a Monday edition presented by Botano. We'll chat with you again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
You're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.